We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the 27th day of May, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside of Bruce Adams. Can you believe it's the, not only is it the last day of the week already, Bruce, but it's it's the last week of the month. Can you believe that? But first of all, as per tradition, how are you today? I'm healthy and alive. Um, as far as timing and everything, uh, that's flown by. Um, it seems like time keeps accelerating uh, ever faster. It does. It does. It just doesn't seem to want to slow down. We're literally uh, uh, like three weeks away from the year being half over already. Doesn't seem real. Yeah. Just doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, summer solstice will be closing in on us. Isn't that uh, next month, I believe? I think so. Yeah. In uh, the next uh, month or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. yep. It's crazy. It's coming. New article today out of the Daily Fail. Excuse me, Daily Mail. Were fears about asymptomatic COVID spread overblown? Uh, yeah, they were. We, we actually said that going on three years ago now. Infected people without symptoms are two-thirds less likely to pass the virus on, according to a new study. The hell you say? A, a new study. Um, I, I'm sorry. That That's like old news. We've known this uh, about viruses for a long time. If you're asymptomatic... Uh, with, with, with these respiratory viruses specifically, you don't spread it. That That's just the way it works. Before COVID, uh, we knew that it was something like the, the chances of it were something like uh, a fraction of, of 1%. I mean, it was, it was really small chances, statistically 0% chance of, of spreading it. But during COVID, for some reason, that, that the science changed and you could now spread it when you were asymptomatic. I find it funny how they say that, oh, well, science is ever evolving. And then once they had their narrative, they said, well, science is absolute. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's no. Well, at the same time, though, they were also Fauci was also saying, well, science is ever changing because he changed his position so many times through COVID. And that was his excuse as well. Science is ever changing. But the, the thing is, is when you when you're running observational science, okay, the data is already in. Now you're looking for the patterns. You're looking for the observations, right? You're you're trying to deduce what what went on, understand. So your perception of the data may change as more information comes in, but the data does not change. Um, we had already made observational data points on virus spread. That data, new data, did not change it. It just solidified that. And then, you know, again, they just changed it. A study of nearly, uh, excuse me, did you say data? I thought it was, isn't there, aren't you, aren't you forgetting something? Isn't there an R at the end of that? Data. Data. Yeah. <laughs> no, Fauci said. Yeah. New York accent he's got when he's trying to act like a tough guy. A study of nearly 30,000 people has found asymptomatic carriers are about 68% less likely to pass the virus on than those who get sick. Do, do you mean, you mean to say that if you have a high viral load in your body, you emit symptoms when you have that high viral load? 
Isn't that what you meant to say all those years ago? Because if you had this kind of a narrative back at the beginning, as it should have been when those of us that were actually sitting here saying, hey, wait a minute, uh, you idiots are denying science while calling everybody else science deniers. They used all of this fear porn that they were peddling you to lock you down, to close your businesses, to shut down your churches, to close your schools. That's what they were doing. They were thought to account for up to a third of all infections, and many scientists claim asymptomatic patients were just as infectious as the sick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that fear campaign, Bruce, that they were pushing in the uh, in the UK over Christmas a couple of years ago? You remember that? Look into their eyes. Yeah. They had the, the things. Like, yeah. You, this right here. You remember this? Uh-huh. The tweets that went out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Around one in three people, yeah, this is this is from gov.uk, the official Twitter. Around one in three people who have COVID-19 have no symptoms. Act like you've got it. Stay home. Protect the NHS. Save lives. Yeah, that was, uh, as we called it back then, that was all a lie. It was all a scam. And lo and behold, it was all a lie and all a scam. A new global study spanning 42 countries, including the UK and the US, found they were only responsible for as little as 14% of cases. They also estimate that their overall risk of passing the virus to someone else about two-thirds lower than that. Scientists claim COVID's ability to spread asymptomatically was one of the reasons for harsh social curbs. Um, how about the fact that they were wrong? Has anybody mentioned that? Even this article out of the Daily Mail, they don't even say that those people were wrong. I mean, I guess they're saying it not so many ways, but they're not directly saying it, are they? No, they're not. Experts analyzed data from 130 studies from 42 countries. They involved 28,426 people who caught COVID between April 2020 and July 2021. Of these patients, nearly 12,000 had an asymptomatic infection, having tested positive on a PCR, but having suffered no symptoms. All of the studies included the results of the community screening programs, contact tracing, and investigations into specific outbreaks like on cruise ships. Uh, you notice that the cruise, uh, like the cruise lines, they're back open again, and they're all saying, well, you have to be fully vaccinated to get on the ship, and they're having outbreaks on the ships. Is anybody even mentioning that? No. They found the secondary attack rate how likely these people infected with COVID are to pass on the virus to others was 68% lower for asymptomatic cases compared to those with symptoms. Scientists also estimated between 14 and 50% of COVID infections were asymptomatic. They said the range was so high due to the differences in methodologies of studies they drew their data from. But the lead author from the University of Bern in Switzerland suggested their role in overall COVID transmission was minor. Uh-huh. Who would have guessed? It's, it, it, uh, again, it's almost like we already had this data. Crazy. Uh-huh. Now you see why they don't want to release the states of emergency, because there's going to be accountability. Uh-huh. People with the truly asymptomatic infections are, however, less infectious than those with symptomatic infection. The true proportion of SARS-CoV-2 infection is still not known, and it would be misleading to rely on a single number because the 130 studies that we reviewed were so different. That was according to the co-author, uh, Professor Nicola Law, uh, Nicola Lowe, who is an expert in social and preventative medicine at Bern in Switzerland, and said while it was clear that asymptomatic cases were less infectious, the true scale of those cases in the pandemic were difficult to calculate. But you can at least say that all of the measures and all of the actions that were taken were incorrect. You could at least say that. Of course, they can't because she'd be fired from her job and she'd never teach again. She'd lose all of her credentials and be blacklisted and shunned and 
everything else you can imagine. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, uh, I guess, okay, we, we were right. I, I hate to, you know, sit on a soapbox here, but um, we were right. We weren't the only ones, of course. I mean, there were many others, but we were sure. all ignored and called anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists. And we were science deniers and uh, we were spreading uh, uh, pessimist fear porn and all the rest of it, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Honestly, is anybody going to pay for this? Is any gonna anybody gonna you know pay for the lies and the gaslighting and the any of this? I mean, is anybody gonna like the fear mongering, the scaring you into getting an experimental drug? Yeah, it, it, coercing you into getting an experimental drug. Yeah, um, I personally don't know. I hope I hope somebody does pay, but I don't know. Eighteen major airlines, the Federal Aviation Administration, and the Department of Transportation are going to be sued over COVID vaccine mandates. Do the airlines need to be sued? Of course, the FAA needs to be sued. The Department of Transportation needs to be sued. But do the airlines? That's the question. Do the airlines? Because if you sue the airlines, and don't get me wrong, the the airlines, I blame them because they were falling in line with this ESG garbage coming out of Davos, and they were following the direction of the FAA under threats that were not even valid because you're a private business. The government cannot threaten your business like that. Any business owner, I don't care who it is. But the CEOs and the board of directors of most of these corporations are compromised because they're sitting on the stage down there in Switzerland with this ridiculous conference with a bunch of these these sideshow freaks down there. But if you sue the airlines, you're giving them exactly what they want. You're putting the airlines out of business for them. The airlines have already been hammered anyway. They've already taken big losses. They've already been bailed out by the government, by the taxpayer. I'll just get another government bailout. Is I mean, it, you're going to sue them, and that's exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be another bailout. So I, I honestly, I, I would this like was, to, I would like them to pay, but this was my argument after uh, after 9/11 when they said we're going to bring in the TSA, we're going to put airport scanners in, and all that stuff. Look, if you want security at the airports. It doesn't need to be the government. It needs to be the airlines providing security for themselves. If an airline wants to put that in at the gate, that's the airline's prerogative. You want to fly on that airline and you want to go through that security? Fine. If you don't, then that airline will not get passengers and that airline will fold. But when you've got the government stepping in, violating your constitutional rights, throwing your Fourth Amendment out the window and shredding it along the way, when you have that, well, what does that do? That puts in jeopardy all of the airlines, doesn't it? Because you're now controlling, which by the way, uh, that entire security apparatus that they've created hasn't caught a single terrorist, not one, in 20 years. They haven't caught one. Real effective they've been. Wasn't there the underwear bomber guy and the shoe bomber? Oh, please. They got those guys on a plane. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They, they got them on the plane. That's what I wanted to point out is they yeah. didn't actually catch them before they, they got on the plane. It no, was, of course not. They were on the plane. And every other week you see some uh, somebody trying to break through the security measures that they have at the TSA. People have gotten firearms through. You actually told a story not long ago of a guy that flew to two different destinations and got a firearm on in his carry-on luggage. Yeah. Twice. Yeah, twice there and back. Yeah. So what good are they? My argument has always been from the start that the government wants to bankrupt the airlines so they can nationalize them. And that's been the play ever since. It takes a long time to bankrupt all those airlines. It takes a long time. They did a lot of damage with COVID, this uh, th- this economical warfare that they've been playing. They did a lot of damage with it. That, see, that's my point with this, is if you sue them, then they're just going to turn around and it's just going to be more government takeover of, uh, of that business is all that's going to be. Uh, and you're going to end up with... Uh, 
like what they have in North Korea. You got North Korean Airlines or whatever the hell it is. Or, and you're going to end up with like Air China or something where they actually have the government that runs the airline. And that's going to be the only one you have. To be fair, we, we already kind of have government run airlines at this point because that's that's who runs these. It's it's the government who runs the airline because of all the bailouts that have happened. Technically, it's the government that runs it. It's not to the same capacity as the CCP, but the, the tendrils are there. Uh, when the government wants to do something, uh, pretty much the, the the airlines have to capitulate because they're the bankroller. John Pierce Law has filed a lawsuit against Atlas Air on behalf of the USS Freedom Flyers and Atlas employees and plans to sue all major airlines, 18 altogether, plus the Federal Aviation Administration and the Department of Transportation, contending that the vaccine mandates imposed by these agencies on the airline's employees infringed on their constitutional, religious, and medical liberties. What about those that have taken it already? What about them? Fundamentally, uh, this is according to what's on the lawsuit, fundamentally, this case is about whether Americans should be required to choose between their livelihoods and being coerced into taking an experimental, dangerous medical treatment. It is also about the safety of the airline industry. Should pilots under federal regulation required to be among the healthiest workers in the United States who have taken an experimental vaccine that is now shown to have been potentially deadly, have long-term side effects, be allowed to fly massive aircraft in our skies? while those who have smartly refrained from such a course be forced out of their jobs? Well, that's the question, isn't it? That's what it comes down to. Is that right there? Um, that That's what it comes down to. And, and all this needs to, I, I want to see some kind of action taken by a state so that the state gets sued over this whole thing and it makes it to the Supreme Court or something like that. Uh, because this is this is something that honestly... You should be allowed to make these kind of medical decisions on your own. Um, this is literally the case of my body, my choice. This is a literal instance where this makes sense, that that argument makes sense and works, um, unlike abortion. But uh, again, is it, it, are they going to use some kind of public safety or public health BS and, and try to, to use it that way, skirt around laws that way, which there is no public safety or public health clause in the constitution by the way well let's be honest it's not like they care about the constitution to begin with right that's that's an old outdated document that they've been trying to sidestep and and skate and skirt and everything else for how many years now how many years now and the reason i bring that up is because of this we talked about the school shooting in texas right we talked about that yesterday just for a little bit president joe biden right here's a man who's sitting in the office of the presidency now whether that's legit or illegit we're not going to get into that right now but nonetheless he's in that office and whoever sits in that office whoever occupies that office swears an allegiance along with everybody else that that holds federal office swears an allegiance to the constitution of the united states and in there it says they will protect defend and uphold the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. They do say that, right? Now, I'm not I'm not what you would call an, uh, an expert or a constitutional scholar or something like that. I'm just a layperson. I happen to have a copy of the Constitution sitting right next to me within arm's reach. I've read it several times. And I'm pretty sure that the amendments that are in there are clear. I, I'm pretty sure about that. And on top of that, when that Constitution was written by the founders... When it was written, they understood very well that they couldn't predict the future. They knew that. They could see a lot of things, but they knew that they couldn't predict the future and the, and the future course of events. But they were able to predict what would happen if we didn't safeguard against these things. And in order to do that, they gave us something called an amendment process. 
And an amendment process is this. You can petition the courts, go through the legal workings and the judiciary and the legislation and everything else, and, and you can change the Constitution of the United States. We have that process. This is why we call it a living document, because it can stand the test of time. Quite frankly, we have the oldest constitutional republic in the world, if I'm not mistaken. And the reason we have that, we're a relatively young country by comparison. But as far as having our founding documents, I think outside of the Swiss, we're right on track as far as having constitutions go. Now, you can't really say that about the British because the British don't have a constitution. It's an agreement between the government and the monarchy. That's something different, different system. But if you look at a lot of the Western constitutions, especially after 1949, most of the European countries, if you look at those and you read their constitutions, boy, they sound awful familiar. It's almost like they used our constitution in America as a blueprint to rebuild their systems, to decentralize their governments. Now, of course, they've adapted it to their own lifestyles, parliamentary systems and things. Fine, fine. But nonetheless, they look to us for inspiration to help rebuild their countries and for good reason. Now, because of this amendment process, th this this causes some problems for people like uh, Joe Biden and his administration and people like the Democrats and the Republicans. They're no angels here, believe me. It gets in the way, the, the amendment process. They, they don't like that. It takes too long. And the reason that they don't like it and the reason that it takes too long is because by the time you get public opinion in there, by the time you bring up the points of them wanting to openly violate your constitutional rights given to you by the creator, by the time they get around to going through that entire amendment process, they can't accomplish it because the backlash from the general public is so large that they would be removed from those positions that most of them probably don't even belong in. So they just try to skate around it. Bruce, can you do me a favor? Can you pull up the Second Amendment and can you read just the Second Amendment? We're, we're talking about that because of what's happened here in the last couple of days. Can you pull that up and can you read exactly what that says, please? Yeah, and I'm going to put emphasis on where the commas are because that's very important in this. Okay. A well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. Okay. Shall not be infringed. That's pretty clear, is it not? That, that's, that's almost, what's the word I'm looking for? Absolute, isn't it? That's, that's almost absolute. Yeah. I just want to point out the reason that I, I separated those commas like that or pointed them out. That's two separate sentences. A well-regulated militia is ne uh, necessary to the security of a free state. Next sentence. The right of the people, not the militia, the people to bear and keep arms or to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. Boy, I'm, I'm just hung up on that one. You see, this is why people in Congress, people in government in general, don't like that because there's nothing they can do about it. They can't even go through, in my opinion, my interpretation of the Constitution, they can't even go through with the amendment process and remove that one. You can do what you want with the others, but you can't remove that one. Why was the second one the one about firearms? Why wasn't it, why wasn't it the first one? Well, it's very simple. You have the right to talk this out first in the marketplace of ideas, in the arena of free speech. You have the right to do that. You have the right to free speech. No matter how inconvenient that might be, you have a right to say what you're going to say. If the government takes away your right to free speech, if the government takes away your right to uh, freedom of the press, if they take away your right to worship as you choose, well, then you go to the second one, to one they can't take away. 
I was not at all shocked when I heard this out of Joe Biden. We know certain ones will have significant impact and have no negative impact on the Second Amendment. Second Amendment is not absolute. The Second Amendment is not absolute. I wonder, when was the last time he read the Second Amendment? When was the last time that someone like Senator Schumer read the Second Amendment? You swear an allegiance to it, you would expect that they would understand what it means and what it is they're swearing allegiance to. The Second Amendment is not absolute. Bruce, you read the Second Amendment. Is that or is that not pretty clear and absolute? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty clear and absolute in my opinion. Um there is no way of skirting around that. There is no way of, um, I would argue in my, my um, understanding of that, any kind of part or component needed for that firearm to function can also not be infringed upon. So uh, that, that goes to things like sites, it goes to things like ammunition, uh, cleaning kit, you know, oils, all that. Everything to ensure that that firearm functions is also included in that. And you know, I would also include in that things like suppressors, muzzle brakes, those kind of things would also fit in that category because that is a part of your keep and bear arms should not be infringed. That That's part of a firearm. So the, the, these laws barring people from, which actually, uh, speaking of, isn't there a case uh, in front of the Supreme Court about firearms? Something about the New York, I think New York's uh, uh, regulation as far as, uh, I think it's New York City specifically, not New York State. Um, to get a firearm, you have to have an above average need for a firearm and they give you the license. Like you have to go through a process and they give you the license. And there's uh, one of the talking heads for the conservative side. Um, went to get a uh, permit to have a firearm and they would not grant them one. This individual had 14 death threats on them active at that time. And the, the government would not give them a firearms license. Um, I'm sorry, that is a, a, a full and complete infringement upon the, that. Uh, but the other thing is, we, we've talked about it before, I think it was actually Madison that that it was written to. But um, one of the uh, companies, shipping companies, was like, "Hey, yo, Second Amendment. Uh, uh, w what about this? Does this include cannons? Can we can we arm our ships?" And Madison's like, "Duh, yeah, that's what the Second Amendment says. You know, you why can, are you even asking? You have me? the right to. <laughs> why, yeah, why, why are you why even you asking? asking? Why are you, you wasting know? your time yeah. sending a penning this yeah. letter and sending it to me? Yeah, that's basically what his response was." And I, I'm, I don't know if you've seen a cannon or a cannonball that was artillery for that time period. And here in today's in today's world, we're not even allowed to have anything greater than like, you know, uh, semi-automatic. You, you can't have a license yeah. for a cannon, even if it you, shoots blanks. <laughs> I don't even think you're allowed to have a cannon that works unless you go through like this, unless you're like a, yeah. even a, if it, museum a reenactor. Or yeah, or one of those re like war reenactors or something. You've got to have a special license to have a cannon, even like one of the little small ones that just shoot like the mortars. Even if you're going to put like black powder blanks through them, you still have to have a license for that. Yeah, so uh, ramp it up to today's equivalent. Um, if the founders, if, if America was created today, right, this is, this is when it happened with all of our technology today, it would not be a question of, can we have a cannon on our ship? It would literally be, can we have a howitzer? Can we have a Tomahawk cruise missile? Can we have these things on our ships to ensure that the pirates don't steal from us? And you know what the founders would have said? Why are you even pinning this? Yes, of course you can. It, it, it's the same argument. Like, 
I, I, I don't understand the, 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 the people that are saying, well, you can only have muskets. There was only muskets back then. No, there was a lot of firearms back then that existed. Uh, they were just too expensive to manufacture back then, too expensive uh, for the average person. The, the musket was the one that was most available. Um, but it, it's just, it's a, such a stupid argument. The government is supposed to be afraid of us. That's why the Second Amendment is there. It's to ensure that we have so much firepower that the government themselves are afraid to enact tyranny on us, let alone any other government outside of the U.S. Exactly. And that's it's part of our national defense, too. It's not about hunting. It's not about like target shooting. Yes, I agree with those things. Those are like the recreational side of things. Do I think that you need a 30 round magazine to hunt deer? No, I don't. I hate that argument. I, I resent the fact that they even say something as stupid as that. It's not about deer. We don't need 30 round magazines, which is a normal magazine, by the way. Forget this high capacity magazine garbage. That, that's <laughs> ridiculous. That's a normal size magazine. We don't need 30 round magazines because deer are coming. OK, we, we don't need that. Now, if you're out hunting wild boar, I disagree. Yeah, that's I'd different. Yes, 30 round that's, is that's needed. That is needed for sure. I'm not going to yes. argue. I was yeah. actually, when I was hiking a couple of weeks ago, there's been known to be some wild boar, you know, running around that nature reserve and talked to some hunters that have been there and said, yeah, yeah, we used to hunt boar there. My first thought was I'm always looking around to find a tree to climb up in case, you know, because I mean, those uh -huh. are, those are mean things, you know, and it, they I, are, that was something I learned hunting because uh, I did a little bit of hunting in an area with boar. Um, if you wound one of those and you don't get a kill shot and they squeal, you're getting every wild boar in the in the vicinity yes. to come. You have like running. thirty or forty of them coming at you. That's true. Uh -huh. Yep. So you better make sure that you end quick for those things. And you know what? They're they're a nuisance. That they, they are. They, I mean, they'll they'll destroy entire crop fields. Yes. There's a crop field across the uh, across the road over here that was just. I mean, it was like half that field was flattened and uh, with uh, with uh, sugar beets a couple of years ago because I mean, you would just have the the boards come through and just like trample everything. It was it was just awful. All that crop was ruined. So. Uh, anyway, but that's that's not the point. You know, that, that's not the point where you're uh, it's not the point we're trying to convey here. Yeah, they they just they don't want to go through the amendment process. And for him to sit up there and say that the Second Amendment is not absolute. Look here. Biden's been ordered to take the guns in America. That's his order. Whoever he's working for, I don't know who that is. We can speculate, but whoever he's working for, that administration has been ordered that it's time for the Americans to have their guns taken. That's been the order. That's it. Yeah. And and you look at the arguments that they use as to why, oh, America is the worst uh, nation in the world for gun violence and all of that. No, uh, we rank 83rd uh, of all nations. Then if you well, want to go into like nations, you know, industrial, yeah, if you want to go to developed nations, uh, we're 11th. Uh, and then if you want to go in and start including things like knife crimes or uh machete baseball bat all the I other all UK the extras the cake. i think uk takes the cake. uk takes the cake in that one but we we go substantially lower on the list uh as violent crime per capita no it's not it's it's lies that they sit there and say the the other thing that really that bugs me in all of this is they're like, well, we, we need to appeal and get rid of the Second Amendment. We, we have to completely get away, uh, get rid of it. Um, OK, let's say that happens. OK, let's say they're able to bar every American citizen from having a firearm. OK, you have a porous southern border. How exactly are you going to stop criminals from getting firearms? Does that does that mean the Democrats are now for securing the southern border? Is that is that what they mean? Because if you're going to get rid of all firearms in the United States, that means you have to have a completely sealed country. Everything coming in and going out has to be accounted for. Everything. Because 
that means the criminals are going to have firearms and then the average person is not. It's going to be a heyday for criminals. We all know that they don't want to stop that. that that's not that's not the point. That, that's not the point to stop that. I mean, if you look if you look at the Fast and Furious thing, do you remember what the, the whole gun running thing the Obama administration was doing? And uh-huh. don't think that he was the only one doing that. Bush was doing that. He was just doing it under a different name, whatever the program was back then. It was being done the same way. Yeah. But between Benghazi Obama was and also Holder, another thing. Yeah, Benghazi, of course. But that, that was a weapons transfer. That's all it was. Afghanistan, we didn't pull out of Afghanistan. All we did was arm a terrorist cell. That's all we did. A terrorist super state. That's all we created there. That's it. And we gave them how many what was it like 20,000 pallets of ammunition and, 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 and enough to start an entire army, 16,000 pairs of night vision goggles. Most people in these in these countries and I'm not picking on them. It's really sad if you think about it. But most people in that part of the world don't even know that running water and toilet paper exist. And we're giving them night vision goggles and 20,000 pallets of ammunition and 700,000 automatic rifles. And we're worried about the average law-abiding American citizen. That's what we're concerned about. Anyway, all right, uh, short one today, so uh, I, I don't have anything else. Uh, there's really nothing else going on, and I, I really don't have a whole lot today. For those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast.protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. That's all, just five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up? You know someone you're trying to get to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce, I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great afternoon. Thank you.